Hey Bulldogs, Maud here. We're getting ready to wrap up our season one coverage of the CW's Riverdale and we need your help. After we get episode 13 recorded, we want to do a big season one review, season two preview cast, and we need your feedback. What did you love this season? What did you hate? Is there something that we missed? Is there something that you wish we would have discussed more? And what do you want to happen in season two? Drop us an email, macintoshandmod at gmail.com, or a Facebook message by October 3rd, and we'll get it into our discussion. The wrap-up episode will drop Friday, October 6th, one week before our Season 2, Episode 1 drops on October 13th. Can't wait to hear from you. Hashtag Go Bulldogs. Drama. Comedy. Two sides of the same coin. Riverdale wasn't just a teen dramedy. It was a study in teenage angst, yearning, and nostalgia. They didn't know it when they started on their journey, but Macintosh and Maude were on their way to a newfound obsession. Macintosh and Maude's chocolate shop was open for business. Riverdale, Season 1, Episode 13, Chapter 13, The Sweet Hereafter. As Riverdale prepares for its 75th jubilee, the gang struggles to return to normalcy, while FP faces pressure from the sheriff to turn informant. Let's recap the recap. Oh, wait. There's no recap. What? Because we start straight in on this episode. Yeah, it's like fast forward, and there's actually a second narrator, sort of. Eh, well. Yeah. Mm. Um, life is not an Agatha Christie murder. Turns out, it's a lot messier. The ultimate cliffhanger, as we see Clifford's body hanging from the rafters. Okay, that was cheap, but earned. <laughs> it, was, it was cheap, but earned. I'll I allow it. I had a nice deep chuckle there. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. All right, so what we've got is intercut is Jughead and Alice are each writing their own thing. Their so, portion of the story. So Jughead's writing his novel, but Alice is writing for the Register. Mm-hmm. And... They're going back and forth explaining what went down. Mm-hmm. So, what we've got basically were the Blossoms were transporting drugs through Montreal. We saw the drugs in the barrels. TV genius. Yep. Right here. This one. Me. But they were trafficking the drugs through Montreal, um, which is where we've got that stuff. Um, Clifford killed Mustang to cover his tracks. Well. Made it look like an overdose. But before we get to that was Jason found out. Oh, okay. And he threatened to reveal all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of when, that's when Alice jumps in oh, the okay. first time. Musk, Mustang got tapped to kidnap Jason. Oh, okay, And yes. threaten him. And then Clifford steps okay. in and kills him. And that's what they all saw in the video. Mm-hmm. And then... Clifford killed Mustang to try to pass him off as the guy and planted the bag of money Mm -hmm. with Hiram Lodge's name on it to try to make it look like it was Hiram. Mm -hmm. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it hadn't been for a group of pesky kids kids who uncovered the truth. The Scooby gang is for real. Yeah. No, that's totally a Scooby reference. We're so good. We are good. Okay, to be fair, like in a previous episode, he does refer to them as we can't take the whole Scooby gang. Yeah, I know. It's that fair. was we took it we took it from Jughead. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Alice says that Clifford took the coward's way out, and now Mayor McCoy wants to make sure all corruption is crushed. And so of course, the, part the, of that problem. And the first scene we cut to then is the sheriff 
at the jail talking to FP. Mm-hmm. And first of all, why in the hell is Jughead standing here watching this? There's n- there's no reason for Jughead to be present at this thing. Well, the sheriff is telling him, is offering him a deal. Yeah. You, um, he says, you know, we know Blossom was a kingpin, um, but we're more concerned with the local component. Somebody here is selling drugs, and we think it's the serpents, um, and it's making its way over to the Riverdale side. And FP's, you know, like, look, all the serpents ever sell are basically dime bags of weed. We don't traffic... I mean, the heavy stuff. He, yeah, we don't and, traffic drugs, period. And I ain't no stitch. That's the other side. I He's, ain't no snitch. He, he won't tell on us, boys. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff says, you know, you're looking at 20 years in, in federal for your part of this cover-up, um, but if you if you do this, you might get a lesser sentence. That's a little weird. He gave a false statement. He uh, tampered with a crime scene. He covered up a murder. But federal charges. That's weird that he mm-hmm. would be in a federal penitentiary, especially when no feds have shown up. In Riverdale at all during this murder investigation. Um, I guess the drug charges are what tie it. It's probably in association with the drugs. Oh, well, if the drugs are crossing international lines, then yeah, we've got a big issue there. Yeah. So. Like, well, and here's, with everything involved, because we know he's got a record, 20 years is probably worst case scenario. But let me, let me also put it this way. Um, (laughs) that was lazy, guys. You should have cast a couple of federal agents to walk in and help out the police force. What? That would have been a smart idea. Anyway, all this culminates in... FP saying, I know snitch. And Fred looking longingly out a window. Yeah, he's very solemn. And Archie comes and is like, what's wrong, Dad? Fred waxes poetic. I thought I knew this town. If I could cut bait and blah, blah, blah. I bet everything on it. Uh, But there's there's a big setup for that line. All of this time, he's... He's been like, part of it is, you know, the whole thing with his mom, Mm -hmm. and that's why his marriage fell apart, was he wanted to stay in this town. He's like, I believed in what this town stood for, Mm -hmm. and it's been revealed to be a complete sham. Yeah. That's Uh, hard. And uh, Fred asks Archie how he's holding up, and Archie's like, I'm fine, but for Jughead and Betty and Veronica, it's not over, they're still in it. And Fred just is like, we're all in it. Mm-hmm. Up to our necks. Mm-hmm. We cut over to the Pembroke. Mm-hmm. And Hermione is readying, readying the apartment for Mr. Lodge, who will be here at the end of the month. And Veronica is mocking her and says, yes, we would not want to make Daddy angry. As and Smithers leaves, Hermione walks over and is like, he's your father, Ronnie, not, not the, the godfather. godfather. <laughs> so things are tense in the Lodge home. Well, you know, that's not... Shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cooper house is acting like nothing happened. Um, Mom and Dad are back together. Uh, Mom is back at the register. Polly's home. And Betty is clenching her fists and making them bleed. I mean, so I, I will say this. I think it, occasionally that's sometimes the only way you can go on. Oh, it's a coping mechanism. It's a coping totally. mechanism. Totally. And You're, they're compartmentalizing the crazy um, because it's like, okay, all of the bad shit, they will, I believe, they will eventually be able to get over that crap. Yeah. 
So right now, just to get over this hump of all this other suit super crazy stuff we just need to pretend like everything's normal well and also we've got polly and her baby let's just enjoy getting to have polly at home the dad's and the baby home, here yeah. and babies like, there's two. Oh, that's right the twins and mm -hmm. let's just enjoy this yeah for where it's, we're at it's fair but uh Betty's... betty is venting to archie and she's like it's horrible we're a greek suburban tragedy and if we don't start uh, dealing with our crap, it's all going to happen again. Exactly. And Betty's absolutely right. That's the flip side of all of this is that she's realizing there's there's a huge amount of poison going on here. Mm -hmm. And we have to find an antidote through yeah. the truth. Mm -hmm. um, Veronica and Archie are walking through the hall towards class. Veronica's just like, um. We need to tell, we need to come clean. And Archie's like, yeah, but the last time I had a conversation like this with Betty, it didn't go so well. So Veronica says, well, with everything else that's going on, I'll deal with it. So Veronica says she'll tell Betty. And then immediately, Archie Andrews and... and Betty, Betty Cooper um, to Principal Weatherby's office. Ugh. <sighs> Mayor McCoy wants them to represent the young people for the Jubilee. For brought justice. Mayor, yeah. This... And then Weatherby interrupts and I just wrote, fuck you, Weatherby. Fuck you. Shut up, Weatherby. Fuck you, Mayor McCoy. She's trying to change the narrative. Of course. She's part of the corruption story. We all know that now. Um, the audience, not everybody in town knows that. No. Um, Nobody in town knows that, seemingly. No, Veronica knows because her mom told her. Mm hmm So the Lodges know, um, but the Lodges ain't saying shit. Does Josie know? Probably. Josie probably knows. Yeah. But Josie's got fucking crazy parents, and she knows that. So yeah, Josie's just Josie's in the same boat Veronica's in. And Josie's just trying to write, trying to write some damn good songs. She's just trying to be awesome. Cause she is awesome. I really hope we get more of her next season. That'd be nice. Yeah. We, um, well, we'll talk about that later. So uh, Archie, Archie's gonna play a song with the Pussycats, and Betty's gonna give a speech. <laughs> and Betty. Rightfully brings up, what about Jughead? Like, oh, we like Jughead, but, you know, with his father, we just can't. We we just can't. And Betty's like, uh-huh. Cut to lunch, and Betty's like, I'm not, I just told her, I'm not doing it unless you're up there with us, Jughead. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. She refuses unless he's up there on the stage. And then we get back and forth. I mean, Kevin is stumping for his dad. Well, okay, Jug Jughead tells them about the FP deal. Kevin uh, says, my dad says more drugs are hitting the streets. And Jay goes, Kevin, relax. This isn't an episode of The Wire. <laughs> Great reference. And Betty's like, I'm going to write an article for the blue and gold and the register. It's a, test it's a testimony to her having these giant high school moments that she plays with mm -hmm. complete gravitas that I'm not just wanting to throw things at the television. Like, it's a little cheesy, but it's funny and cheesy, so we allow it. And then... Well, and I buy it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Betty's like, it's all... I'm going to tell the truth. And V goes, speaking of the truth, and she stands up. She goes, I tell the group about... It's like, well, I need to come clean. And and Archie's, she starts to say it. Archie looks at, it, looks at Betty and is like, we've kissed a couple of times. But Archie's face as Veronica stands up like, is the most no, amazing no, thing. Please don't do it. No, no. He, he is, he is, he is trembling, and he is mouthing, no, 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 no. Don't do this. Please don't do this to me. Okay, and then while it's being revealed that Archie and Veronica are dating, Betty and Jughead make these really big grins at each other as though 
Jughead has already told Betty. Because Jughead knows. Oh, uh, yeah. I can see Jughead saying, or be- maybe Betty said, be- Betty probably expected this. And so they're both like, yeah, it happened. We, we, we predicted this was going to happen. They're making a knowing smile at each other. It's very cute. Okay, weird thing. I don't think I noticed this before. Jughead's eating a hamburger. Yeah. And what's really funny is when he kind of grins and almost winks at her, he's got a bite of hamburger in his mouth. He's got food in his mouth. So he's like chewing and smirking out the side with the burger. And I was like, oh, that's classic comic, Jughead. I think I'll probably go back and rewatch the whole season. Um, But... I think the only actual food, aside from a milkshake and coffee, that we see Jughead eat are hamburgers. Which makes total sense. But this, to be fair, this is the only episode where I have actually seen him eating hamburgers. Yeah, and it's they, they make it very clear, clear, which I was like, oh, I like it. That's, That's a good touch, guys. Comic book Jughead's girlfriend is hamburgers. <laughs> um, he does love hamburgers. Okay, a so lot. <laughs> Betty reassures them, "This is great. You know, it's so wonderful." Mm-hmm. And Archie looks both relieved but also a little disappointed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> nope. It's great. We're well, gonna talk about it more. We'll get to it. It's gonna be great. I know. Yep. Um. So we're back at the barn. We're at Thornhill. And oh, sorry. Yeah. And Penelope walks in and she's like, "It should have been the." The funeral of the century. Instead, he was buried like a pauper. Okay. I figured this out. Okay. We've been talking about Twin Peaks this whole time. Yeah. The only thing that lives up to the Twin Peaks uh, craziness and stuff is everything at Thornhill. The Blossoms actually live up to that level. Yeah. And then everything else plays out just Mm -hmm. at at the plain level, at the plain simple. Yeah. And... I don't know that this show would work if everything was on that camp level. Not that, considering its source material. Especially because part the only reason that Twin Peaks made that work as well as it did was that it also then had this weird psychological bent to it. Yeah, you can't do that with this one. But the source material allows for camp. Correct. So that's where it's working. And I it, and so in a weird way, once I once that clicked for me, all of this worked. All of Penelope's acting, once I f- realized, okay, there's only this one part of it that's going to live up mm. to that crazy aspect and that weird psychological, maybe even spiritual part, mm-hmm. and it's going to be everything around the Blossoms and Thornhill. Mm-hmm. And that clicked for me a bit because I was like, oh, I'm totally in on Penelope now. Let's mm-hmm. let her just be kind of crazy. Yep. Um, um, so, at, so as she says this, Cheryl just starts bawling and <laughs> Penelope just goes, why are you crying? You hated him. And Cheryl's like, that was, that's not true. Also, interesting, Cheryl's not wearing lipstick. Mm. She doesn't wear lipstick at all. So, okay, so I've pointed out that for Betty, hair down, vulnerable. Correct. Jughead, hat, uh, no crown, no stupid hat, he's vulnerable. Cheryl, no lipstick, she's vulnerable. Yep. That's their armor. Same thing with Clifford Blossom, no turtleneck, no wig, he's vulnerable. What about Archie? I haven't figured out Archie. I think... Uh, uh, is it the Letterman jacket? I, I, that's an obvious one, but I don't know. I think it's something different for him. Or is Archie just constantly vulnerable? I think that's kind of his default mode. Yeah. 
but I don't, I haven't, I, I'm going to go back and rewatch the whole series again, season again. Because you'll have uh, to pick up on, the two we haven't really identified are Veronica and Archie. Veronica, her armor are those pearls. Huh. It's the pearls. And she has only been vul- truly vulnerable in one moment, and that was the moment that she ripped her pearls. Okay. She took those off. So I I want to go back and rewatch it to kind of see if those things that I've picked up on are consistent or if I'm, or maybe it's just something that's gotten developed. That's good stuff. <sighs> um, yeah, Cheryl's definitely the lipstick. So anyway, yeah, I was just like, this is right out of Twin Peaks. Oh, oh yeah. memories. And I like it though, because I, hopefully as things swirl around the blossoms, that element will be the thing that turns those wheels. Mm-hmm. Um. Archie goes in to talk to Betty at the Blue and Gold, I think, right? Are we in the Blue and Gold office or are we just in a classroom? I think we're just in a classroom. But anyway, he's he's got to he's got to confirm this with Betty. It's like, you know, I know I I got to ask you again. I know you said you're okay, and Betty's like, "But the last time I said I was okay, I wasn't." Yep. And she's like, "No, I think it's great." And he's just and he kind of goes in like, "She's great. I really like her. She's so amazing." But, you know, I always figured that, uh, and Betty cuts him off. Mm-hmm. Starts talking about, isn't it great that we found the person we're supposed to be with and when we're so young and we're all friends? She does not want to hear him reference the fact that he's always thought they were going to end up together. Nope. No. You broke my heart, dude. You broke my heart. You're still my bestie, but no. <laughs> um, She has, she's trying to move on and he... It's the whole, um, he's got her on the hook thing. Remember that episode of, uh, How I Met Your Mother? The hook. I love you. Like, oh, I can't be with you right now. (laughs) Um, it's that whole thing. And so she doesn't want any part of that. Except they're going to be together before this thing is over. Oh, abs is, oh, it's going to be a whole thing. (laughs) But will they stay together? gonna be a lot of back and forth the drama anyway that's a big old gulp there um we get to the construction site and uh <laughs> fred walks in and is like who are all these guys out here and hermione has fired all the serpents mm-hmm. and got new guys and fred's like those are the guys who stood by us what are you doing and hermione's like you know with hiram coming back we can't have anything to do with the serpents no criminal associations and fred is pissed he's like you don't get to make unilateral decisions because i'm your partner and hermione says well uh, me and hiram have talked about it and we want to buy you out and her claim still is protecting him you know i got you in a situation you didn't even want to be in uh and fred fred's not happy but he says put an offer in writing and i'll consider it it just storms out. Yeah. Cut to they're getting ready for the Jubilee at Riverdale High. It's and... not at Riverdale High. Oh. They're somewhere then. I don't know where they're at. It's the town hall or whatever. Stupid small towns. Yep. Have a city hall. And I think that's what it is. Their city hall, their town hall, whatever it it's... is. Um it's not the school. Archie's, you know, handed off a song for Josie to look at, and Josie's like singing his praises, like your like, writing's getting better great. and better. Um, We're not singing your song, dude. And he's like, but it's about, and she's like, I get it, it's about your friends but, who have been through hell, but this is for the town. The Jubilee's for the town, so she's right. She's absolutely right. Sort of. No, she's in this instance, she's right. 
She gives him a compliment, but she's like, this is not about you. At this moment, yes. she is correct. Absolutely. No, no, no. I, that's what I said. In this moment. Okay. Absolutely right. Don't yeah. mansplain me. I mean, I'm a man, and I'm going to explain. So, unfortunately, that's just going to happen. I'm going to beat the shit out of you with this microphone. That's <laughs> absolutely fair. <laughs> the thing is, I will be wrong when I do it. Correct. <laughs> I need a sign that says mansplain. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I'm going to have to take a picture of this and put it on our feed. Uh-huh. Uh, in our studio, I took a little note and it re- I wrote, too personal, too loud, wrap it up, and sit still, which are the things that we occasionally yell mouth to each other. So now we can just point to it so now we can just we need. point to it. And now I need to add one that says mansplaining. <laughs> <sighs> it's late at night. We're going nuts. Okay. <laughs> um, Betty uh, brings her story to mom and dad at the register. Mm-hmm. Because that's one thing she said she, um, when they were at the cafeteria. There were two There are two things I think maybe worth noting there. One was she's going to write it not just for the blue and gold, but for the register. Yeah, we said that. And then two was, I, I don't know, I, we might have missed it, but she, she Jughead's like, please don't write about my dad. And, and she goes, like, uh-uh, it's going to be about your dad. Your and Jughead's like, uh, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jughead's like, I just want to move on, guys. Not possibly. Nope. Um, Alice says, this is the best thing you've ever written. Um, but she's turning it down uh, because she's too involved. She's too involved and it would look self-interested. And then Betty pushes them on it and they give what I think is the actual response from her and her her dad and her mom. Is that there's reports of attacks on the south side and that crime is spreading. People are going after the serpents. They've they are people are pissed and they're going after who they're mad at. Mm-hmm. And we do not want you in those crosshairs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, which is for for people who run a newspaper, that is a legitimate concern. It's like her mom and dad, they can handle that heat. Mm-hmm. She's a high schooler. She does not need to be in the middle of that fray. Yeah. And, you know, they're just like, it's not that we're just trying to hide it under the rug on this. You've got to be careful about what you publish no, and what you're fair. putting out there. It's fair. Betty doesn't buy it. No. Because she's Betty. Yeah. And we cut to the Riverdale locker rooms. Cheryl is sitting there. Um, with her HBIC shirt in her lap, and she's, like, petting it. And she's way too happy. She's very serene. And Veronica walks in, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm running late. And Cheryl basically tells her that Veronica's going to be the new directrix and gives her her HBIC shirt, and Cheryl's quitting. And Veronica's like, "What? what's going on? And Cheryl says the last few days have put things in perspective, and... V's just kind of like, okay, but if you ever need anything personally, um, you know, I'm here to help. And Cheryl's just like, I've shed my tears for Blossom Men. Mm-hmm. And then walks away. Mm-hmm. And we cut to the Cooper house. And Veronica tells uh, Betty what happened. And they're saying, you know, oh, there's so much craziness. And Betty goes, yeah, something wicked this way comes. Dark happenings at the yep. Thornhill. Mm-hmm. Um, B posted the article on, on the Blue and Gold old website. She's just gone and done it. She just decided to do it. And then Veronica asked Betty about the whole Archie thing again. Betty's like, I'm fine. I think it's great. And Veronica says, you swear on the September issue. And Betty smiles at her and goes, and my copy of Forever by Judy Bloom. <laughs> it's 
cheesy but super cute. Well, it's Veronica and Betty. It's B and V. Yep. Um, oh, B and V do a B and E. That was, that's how I long for those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet not. There's so much good stuff that's gone on since then. There, there really has. Um, and um, Grundy's gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, Polly enters. She goes, oh, I miss this. I miss, you know, being a river vixen. And basically, I miss going to school. And, and Betty's like, well. Well, mom doesn't know, won't hurt her. She's so sneaky. Betty's just not, not putting on mom bullshit no more. Nope. No, she's not scared of mom. Um, Archie and Jack had come home and there's a social worker there. Um, she has, she has, what? (laughs) She has found a foster family for, uh, Jughead, given that his mom is overextended in another state. Um, but this new family would put him in a different school district and he would have to go to Southside High. Yep. Um, Archie's like, why can't he stay here? And Fred says, um, I offered that, but, um, there was a DUI. Shortly after your mom left, and with my cash flow problems, it's not an option. And the uh, social worker says, you know, unless there's a big change, you'll be there by the end of the week, Jughead. Damn it, society. So, Fred has a DUI. So, he's got some demons. We, we see him drinking. Yes. I, okay, okay. I like that they instantly put it was right after your mom left that he didn't deal with it well. Yes. I like that Archie didn't know about it because clearly Fred is, well, so from what they've shown in the show, Fred is okay. Yeah, well, let's put it this way. It does not appear that Fred was an alcoholic. He drank way too much one night, drove home, and got pulled over by the cops. Because he was dealing with the breakup of mm-hmm. his marriage. Yeah. I don't... I, they're not indicating that he's actually an alcoholic, because otherwise he wouldn't be drinking at all. At least we think. He might be relapsing. Hmm. They, they could easily set that up with a teen drama spin later. Oh, yeah. Um, I... I like that they gave us the context for the DUI, and it'll be interesting to see if we get more information about it later. There's darkness in the Andrews boys, too. What? Um, um, so, I mean, this... I think I think this is legit, but it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, Archie goes to FP in jail and tells him what's going on, and FP says, Southside is no joke. Archie says, "You what if there's a deal on the table, you need to take it, Mr. Jones. Nobody wants to see you go away to jail for 20 years. And, F, and FP's like... It tears me up, Red. I love that he always calls Archie Red. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Um... Serpents are my tribe. You can't, you can't betray the folks that stand by you. Jughead's a tough kid. He'll make it, especially if you look after him. And more, and also, when the time comes, the serpents are going to step up and protect him. Mm-hmm. Um, be careful. He'll he'll try to disappear. He needs his friends. He's got some darkness in him. I think the flip side too. Is I think FP knows if I try to, if if I spin on these guys now, mm-hmm. they're going to go after Jughead with everything they've got. Yeah. And I can't. That, well, the he, only way I can protect him is to do what I what I told him I'd do. Well, or when he gets to jail, he'll end up dead in jail instead of just, you know, in jail. But, yeah, I think just the problem is he knows he's headed to Southside High, which means that's full of serpents, too, and serpents' yeah. kids. There's no way he'd survive. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Then we cut to Jughead eating a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Um, and Veronica comes over. She says, do you mind if I sit with you? And he's like, are you sure you want to sit at the social pariah table? She's like, I've been here for the past few months anyway, so why not? She's like, you know, we have a lot in common. And Jughead goes, why? Because your dad's getting out of jail and my dad's going to jail? Veronica says, I was going to say because we're dating each other's best friends, but that too. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cheryl walks up. And she apologizes to Jughead for slapping him. And then she gives him her iconic spider brooch. It'll catch a pretty penny at the pawn shop that will keep him in hamburgers and Southside shirts or S shirts until the end uh, for decades. Now, at first you could think this is a payoff weirdness bit, Mm -hmm. but knowing the trend line we're going with here with the very smiling she's giving stuff up, there's a much different message she's sending with this. She's making amends with people who have stood by her. Correct. And she's also said. giving away all of her possessions. Which we know is something that Jason did previously. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all follow-up for what happens later. Yep. Um, and then Veronica starts to ask her what's going on, and Cheryl starts to talk, but then Kevin rushes in and is like, guys, it's Betty's locker. It's bad. Come on. Come on. They all rush out. And Cheryl just kind of looks off in the distance Mm -hmm. and and just walks away. And everyone's staring at Betty's locker. And when they cut to it, there is a doll that has been bloodied that is hanging. And a giant uh, words that say, go to hell, serpent slut. And... uh, It's painted on a bunch of copies of the 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 article. article And... uh, Betty's just like, it's not a big deal, it's just spray paint, and Jughead's pulling away, he goes, I don't think that's spray paint. And then we cut to Archie, furiously yelling at Fred that it was pig's blood, how does anyone get pig's blood? And he's just, he is fuming. Archie, so Archie's like, I just want to shove whoever did that through a locker, and I like that Fred just kind of smirks. Yeah. I was like, Fred's like, that's my boy. <laughs> Good he wants, man. He's trying to protect friends, and he's Arch's like, I can't do anything to help. And Fred says, sometimes you can't. You just have to show up. And Arch's like, I've been showing up all year and hasn't done anything. We're drowning. Well, I, I just like the, the line he gives in this exasperation is like, we're getting our asses kicked. Yeah. He's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> These guys have been, you know, for all of the for all of the crappiness of some of that early stuff, all of that setup, everything that's gone on for, mm-hmm. for that school year for those kids yeah. is a nightmare. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And the toll is weighing on everybody, especially right now, Archie. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Jughead and Betty are walking. It looks like they're probably walking home. Um, and Jughead's like, Betty, this type of stuff is just going to keep following you if you're going to keep talking about my dad. And, but he's like, it was just one jerk. And Jughead's like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be here. It's like the entire multiverse is telling me I don't belong here. Yeah, he's like, it's not just one jerk. It's, you know, the mayor and the sheriff and everybody is telling me that I need to go away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't belong here. And Betty just stops him, grabs him. He's like, this is your home. Mm-hmm. You belong here. No. And he, she makes him look him look her in the eyes and goes, mm-hmm. yes. Hermione's watering plants mm-hmm. for daddy is Veronica's line as she walks through the door. Uh, Hermione asks Veronica about Archie. Oh. And she says, y'all are getting closer. 
Veronica's like, yeah. And so then Hermione tells Veronica about the offer that they've made Fred. Just maybe you could talk to Archie about convincing Fred. Which This is creepy. And then Veronica says, sure, I'll just sexually manipulate Archie into doing my bidding. To which Hermione, without missing a beat, says, as long as you're in control. What the fuck? And then Veronica's like, Mom, Fred was the only one who was loyal to you when Dad was gone. There is a whole lot of talk about loyalty going on in this episode. Well, and But fuck that, even. Like, Veronica's response to that should be like, Go fuck yourself, Mother. Well, I was joking. What the fuck? I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go use my use sex with my boyfriend to get you your freaking deal with Fred Andrews. <laughs> it is so bad, so bad. She's turned into like Stepford wife. We'll talk about it later. Because mm-hmm. I've I've got an idea of where that's going. No, right I do there. too, but. It's just, it's like a complete 180 with it, her. It is. Which, is. which makes total sense. Well, you know, let's, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. Let's keep going. Um, and we cut back to the Cooper house. And Polly <laughs> has told Alice what happened. Polly's on there. And be like, when were you going to tell me you were taking Polly to school? Never. Nothing <laughs> happened. Nothing happened? <laughs> you had go to hell serpent slut written on your locker. Polly's like, I'm so sorry, Betty, but he's like, geez, Paul, what didn't you tell him? <laughs> so Alice is going after Betty and they're just fighting back and forth. Alice's like, why do you always defy me? Because. Yep. And Betty turns it around. And she's like, okay, mom, uh, wouldn't you be happier if I wasn't with Jughead? And Alice brushes that off. And Betty's like, okay. Well, what about the night that you invited FP over? What was... He said something about you and Dad fighting. What was that about? And... Alice tries to brush her off. Maybe like it was nothing. I don't know what he was talking about. And then, you know, she keeps pushing. What is, I, Alice basically was like, that is none of your damn business. And Betty says, Dad was keeping a secret that almost destroyed us. How many are you keeping? She's kind of tender with her mom in that moment, slightly, because she's pissed, but she also sees her mom visibly upset. Her mom is turning into Dark Alice in this moment to protect herself, Mm -hmm. and Betty recognizes that, but it's like, what are you doing? Because Betty's not putting up with the shit no more. She's not. It's it's one of those things where she doesn't want to just hurt her mom to hurt her mom. She's just like, I'm sick of lying about stuff. Let's do this. Okay. So now we have to turn our brains back to Twin Peaks mode because... Okay, then we cut to... It's it's the morning time, and Cheryl is walking down the stairs of her home, and her mom is getting ready to leave, and she's like, can I stay home today? Mommy. It, Mommy, it's so, it's so hard pretending, to which Penelope cuts her off and says, I don't care. Oh. <sighs> yeah. And what is Cheryl wearing? Let's... <laughs> She's wearing... She's wearing the slip. She's wearing a satin slip. And a satin robe. But and... she's got hose. Yeah. She has hose on. What the fuck? That's where I have to kind of go. I, I say what the fuck and then I think, you know what? Let's just go with that whole Twin Peaks vibe. Okay, cool. Right. Fine. It's... Let her be. Let them be crazy. Because they... it's kind of fun that they're crazy. It is a little fun. <laughs> but it is... 
wacko. But but in any case, Cheryl's very honest in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's too hard to keep trying to do this mm-hmm. and pretend. Um, then we cut to Betty's room and Alice comes in. Alice has been crying. No makeup. No makeup. And she comes in and she says, you know, there are some secrets that you hide from everybody that you basically hide from yourself. Um, that night, that fight that FP overheard, I had just told your father that I was pregnant and we disagreed with how to handle things. And I went away to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And five months later, your brother was born and the nuns arranged for a quiet adoption. Yep. Betty has a brother out in the world. There's a secret brother. Secret brother. Secret blossoms. Secret brother. And then, you know, she just, Alice just loses it and Betty then embraces her mom. Yeah. Which is very sweet. Mm -hmm. Then we cut to the doghouse. And Betty is telling Archie and Veronica about her brother. She's like, I have a secret brother. And they're they're like, like, how old would he be? That's like, he's got to be in his mid-twenties. Veronica's like, I'm a blonde Adonis, I assume. (laughs) Uh, Jackhead calls Betty. He's like, where are you? He goes, I'm where I belong. I'm at Southside. And he's standing in front of the metal detectors that the kids have to go through at the school. Because, of course, it's completely gang-ridden and violent at his school. Of course. Um, And then we cut to... Betty, Veronica, and Archie weirdly running down the halls of their school. How many fucking free periods do these kids have? A lot, apparently. <laughs> they and don't go to class. So much so that they're able to leave school in the middle of the day and then go enter a school that has metal detectors that nobody's monitoring <laughs> in the middle of the day because they can enter through them. Let's be very clear. They don't allow you to walk into another high school rarely anymore. No. And so while that's happening, we see Jughead is sitting down at lunch and some people are starting to approach him like they're like they're coming to be like, who is this guy? One guy grabs like a chip off his tray mm-hmm. and it's like, uh oh, what's gonna happen here? And then we cut to Cheryl and she is laying out the white dress that she wore with Jason on the fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Um and then she lays down on her bed. And then we cut back to the kids running into the, like where would he be the cafeteria, and then we we get back to the cafeteria and we're we're zooming into Jughead behind it when we realize we've got all these people around and we realize oh they're all laughing everything's going great yeah suddenly they all laugh and Jughead's may have just told a great joke or something yeah he's he's fitting in just fine and then the. You know, the the Scoobies say hi, and he's like, what What are y'all doing here? He's very confused. And then Betty yanks him out. So they're outside. How? I don't get this either. Uh, yeah, I, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Small town hijinks, sure. Um, Jughead and Betty are talking, and Jughead's like, I didn't tell you because I knew you would try to stop me. And Betty's like, damn right I would. And, and I'm still gonna. Jughead's I I blend in better here. He's like, maybe this is better. Maybe I'm going to blend in. And Betty is like, I'm not going to let um, this civil war split us apart. And Archie is watching them. And he looks a little sad. And V is seeing this. V, v sees this look that Archie is giving the two of them. And then Veronica gets a text from Cheryl. And it says, thanks for all your help. I'm going to go be with Jason now. And she goes... What? 
where would Cheryl go to be with Jason? And Archie instantly goes, Sweetwater River. Cut to there. All at Sweetwater River. Okay. I'm going to throw this out there. I think this might be the best scene of the entire show that I've watched. Legitimately watching this again, I was like, they do some of their best acting. This sequence was done very well. Um, one thing, uh, the scene... Okay, we'll talk. Let's talk about. Let's explain what happens, and then we'll talk about some of the stuff. But I like, know. I, I just, I, I had to throw that out there with the act, the acting between the four of them and Cheryl and ever and how it was constructed. They it, all did this very. This it was very well done. It, it's one of the best sequences I've seen out of this show, and it's fucking intense. Okay. All right. So, so they're sorry. They're, go ahead. They show up at the river. Yeah. And the river's frozen over. And they're scanning the ice, and they don't see her. And then all of a sudden, they see Cheryl, who is dressed in all white, and she's a hacking away at the ice. Yes. And they yell at her, and like, Cheryl, Cheryl, you know, come on, we can figure this out. What are you doing? This they, is a bad idea. They start to run out on the ice, and it cracks, it and so cracking. they know that the, their weights, you know, their combined weight could cause a problem as they run out there. Uh, Cheryl stops what she's doing. She stands up. She turns around, and she's. We get a kind of a close up of her, and it looks. Like, she's kind of smiling, and maybe she's thinking about stopping. And then, boom, She falls the through ice the ice. So the kids all run after her, and they go to the hole, and she's not there. And this is, oh, the current took her. We've all got to spread out. So yeah, you can see the water moving underneath. Under the ice. So they're all spreading out, and they're pushing the snow aside, and Archie sees her under the water. So Archie starts punching the ice with his hand. It gets bloody. There's blood everywhere. He finally punches through the ice. He's able to grab Cheryl. He pulls her out and he performs CPR. And right before he grabs her, we mm -hmm. see the sequence where Cheryl's underwater. She's looking out and she sees dead Jason. Reaching out for and her. And then reaches out for her and she starts screaming. Mm -hmm. And that's when that's Archie when finally Archie gets through. Her, yeah. Okay, so that's what happened in the show. What I know, because I after I've watched the episode, I, I went and looked at the trivia. Because now that I've seen the whole series, I, I don't have to worry about being spoiled. Yay! Um, KJ Appa broke his hand doing this. And this sequence was filmed once, of course, because when your, your lead actor breaks their hand, you don't film it again. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that's what they got. They were one and done. And they did a really good job. Which makes it even more crazy that they got all of that footage as... Perfectly as they did. They got really good coverage. They did. And they're one and done. Um, they, At least in that portion. I'm sure they filmed all the other stuff before, but they did a good job. And so, bot bottom line out of this is Cheryl almost dies, comes to the brink, but they managed to save her, run yeah. her off the ice. And then, um, I think we get a commercial break because then we cut to Pembroke. Yeah, Cheryl is resting in front of the fire at V's. She brings her some coffee with a little bit of peppermint schnapps in it. Hot, hot chocolate with, with peppermint with liqueur. liqueur. Um, and Hermione walks in and just stares at her and says, what is she doing? Here, what is she doing here? And Veronica gets up and is like, she had an accident. She's resting. Um, and Hermione does not want her there. And she's just like, okay, fine. I'll give you a ride to the Jubilee already got one with Archie, Lady Macbeth. Mm -hmm. Great reference. <laughs> and then Hermione just kind of stares at Cheryl, who just looks up at her and just kind of is like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I'm crazy and tried to kill myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, then we get a CoverGirl commercial. I know. Lash blast whatever bullshit. Uh, Betty's, <laughs> <laughs> Betty's getting ready for the Jubilee. Her hair is down. There you go. Um, her mom comes in and, you know, is like, all right, are you getting ready? And Betty tells her mom about all the stuff that's going on with Jughead. You know, he's going to a foster family. He's leaving. He's going to a different school and things are going to be, he says things are going to be fine, but I know they're going to be different. And her mom just hugs her and she's, she's worried she's going to lose him. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing she's worried about. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the town hall. Archie is got a cast on, and he's trying to practice for uh, their performance. Uh, v comes up, and she asks him about the look that he gave Betty. And she goes, it was wistful and longing. And she's like, it was like you love Betty. And Archie says, I do. I always will. As friends. Which, I call bullshit. Bullshit. He may not realize how much bullshit that is, but that's bullshit. It's subconscious. It's a, it, However, his answer is pretty good in the moment. Yeah, it's all right. Of, he's just like, I saw that moment, and based off of all the stuff that's happened between us in the past few weeks, I, I want that. I want to be that guy for you. Mm-hmm. And Veronica's like, I would love nothing more. And then they start making out. And then Josie has to interrupt them. I mean, to be fair, I I, I want to be fair to Archie in that moment, is that I think if if that wistfulness is there, it's way back in the back of his mind. Because he del- he gives that line very earnestly. Mm-hmm. So I think he really does he, he really does think, no, we're just really close friends. Here's- and I miss that closeness that we have. Mm-hmm. But I've got you and I want to turn that for you (laughs) i think he's in love with betty yeah and he knows that they're supposed that he's the perfect girlfriend he's gonna get he's gonna have a great life with betty if he marries betty his life would be great but he doesn't want to start that life yet he wants to be an artist and go experience his other stuff so he's creating all this other bullshit boys are dumb i agree um, okay, and so I say that as a boy. Uh, Josie interrupts them. She goes, you know, my girl V here told me what happened with our girl Cheryl. And we're going to sing your song. Ugh. Uh, so then we cut to the stage. And we actually see a shot of the drum kit, which has the old school Josie the Pussycat logo on it. It's the old font and whatnot. It's super cute. Wearing tails and ears for hats. <laughs> I love Kevin Keller so much. Um, Mary McCoy introduces them, and then Josie comes up, and she's like, we're going to sing a song by my boy Archie Andrews. And Mary McCoy is like, what are you doing? This what? What? And they start singing. This is the worst song they have written for him. It's bad. By far. Okay? It's horrible i'm really glad we don't get to hear all of it because it's that bad oh that was the other thing and we can talk about it as they cut back but um they're auto-tuned live it's weird how did that happen oh that's right it's a terrible song (laughs) yeah so while they're singing jughead has gone to to fp and is asking you know what are you gonna do are you gonna are you gonna take the deal or not and fp's like i've considered them and i've decided that both options suck (laughs) um jughead says you know i've met the foster family they're and actually nice. They're nice. <laughs> um, and his dad asked, what about the high school? He's like, it's high school. There's jocks, burnouts, nerds. That's a Breakfast Club uh, reference. But I'll survive. 
and I think I'm gonna be okay. And FP says, you know, I'm more innocent than guilty, but I've done some stupid things. Um, and so I don't know what's gonna come out when this all goes down, but you need to be there for your mom and Jelly Bean. And and admits, I got an answer for my part of this. Yeah. I mean, he's he he understands. He's like, no matter what, I can get out of some of this serious stuff. But I'm probably going to prison yeah. at least for a little while. Like I'm not getting out of this scot free. And I and I know I've got to. Yeah, and that's fair. Like this is this is the only way to get clean is to go to jail. Yeah. And come out the other end. Yeah. Um, and then we cut back to the singing of the song, and part of the chorus is that they're saying, "I want to share it with." You. It's so cheesy. And V is taking this all in and she's making lusty eyes at Archie. By the way, do I notice that occasionally Val on the keyboards on the side is kind of just like side-eyeing Archie? Mm, or is think, she just focused on the keyboards? I think we're reading that into it. That might because be. Because that's what we would expect. Whereas she's just focused on playing the keyboards. I, you know, she's a professional. Yep. She's a professional. But Archie also looks back at Betty. Yes, he does. Because um, we get the Veronica, and then it cuts to Archie, who looks at Veronica, and then is looking at Betty, who's watching them from the side. Because yeah. when they finish their song, now it's time for Betty's speech. And as she starts, Jughead shows up. Yeah, he walks in the back of the door. And it's very high school. Yeah. And Betty gives us Betty's speech. Um, and, you know, but what like, is Riverdale? You know, it's the people. Um, you know, Archie Andrews is Riverdale. Kevin Keller is Riverdale. Veronica Lodge is Riverdale. But so FP, is so is F. P. Jones, who we were so quick to blame for Jason's murder. And everybody, oh, rhubarb, 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 piece of carrots, piece of carrots. And she goes, Jughead Jones is the very soul of Riverdale. And how do we thank him? We banish him. And she says, we're at a crossroads where if we don't deal with this, this could happen again, or something much worse. Riverdale has to do better. We must do better. And everybody gives her a standing ovation. Yes. After the kids started. Well, Jughead starts the clapping. And Mayor McCoy is shaking her head and hand, <sighs> hand in heads. And I just said, fuck you, Mayor McCoy. Support the children. Correct. Support the damn children. They are your future. Especially in this town. So then everyone's starting to leave, and it's out in the lobby, and Hermione goes up to Fred and asks him about the offer. And Fred said, I'm, I'm not selling. Well, but what about all the stuff we talked about about your interests? Like, is it in your best interests? Like, you heard what Betty just said. said. I'm not selling. I'll see you. I'll see you at work, partner. I was just like, what the fuck did her money expect? She looks back at her daughter, and Archie's just like, hey, let's go. And I'm like, what the fuck? Did you expect your daughter to go do this bidding for you? Except that there's this look of fear in her eye. Mm-hmm. And this is where I get to... <sighs> I think she is being Stepford wife mm-hmm. because she is prepping for the role she's going to have to play with Hiram. Correct. She knows she's got to play judo mind games in order to get... Power couple wife, yeah. It, well, not just power couple wife, but she's got to be smarter than him at every turn. Oh, in for order, sure. In order to actually go legit and keep her family intact. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I, I don't want to just say she's completely awful because we've seen these moments where she really cares and is broken down. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's much more complex than that. It's she knows she knows what's about to happen mm-hmm. and she's desperately trying to dig themselves out of that hole. Yeah. And no, I, I completely agree. And with unfortunately that. nobody's going for it. 
So we cut to Pops and the, the four there. They're drinking shakes and they made a toast to Archie Andrews who saved the cheerleader and saved the town. Thank you, Heroes reference. <laughs> um, and Archie goes, thanks, but it was Betty's speech, I think. Um, and uh, Jughead says, you know, here in this booth, at least we were safe. We had many milkshakes. Yeah. Penelope walks home. Calls for Cheryl. No answer. Gets a little weirded out. Then she goes into, I guess, one of their living rooms. And Cheryl, this is such a fucking gross shot. Cheryl's wearing an all-white dress, but it's definitely a different, a more sexy cut of dress. And she's standing in front of the fireplace holding a candelabra. And she is lit specifically so you can see through her legs and her entire ass in profile. It's gross. I didn't think about that, but yeah. It's gross. Like, and it, what makes it so gross is that her legs are apart. That's what makes it so gross. This is, she's supposed to be 16. Which also, it's not supposed to be sexual in any way in this scene. Nothing I, about the scene is I, supposed to be sexually she's, charged. She's supposed to be powerful. Yes. Which is great. The shot with her, you know, being in silhouette is fine. But that part is gross. That is it called is, a bad lighting designer. No, that's just let's sexually exploit this as much as humanly possible. That's possible too. That's way what it's bad. I'm gonna blame it on the studio exec. I'm um, yeah. Who's like, oh, make it sexier. Yeah, basically. Whatever. Um, Penelope says, "What's that smell?" And Veronica, and Cheryl turns around. She has gasoline. Uh, it's. What else does she say? There's only one way to pure. There's, there's only one way. way to purify everything, and then throws the candelabra on the floor. Yeah. Whoosh, room lights up on fire. Her lipstick's back on in this scene. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Jughead brings a girl back to his place. His sort trailer. Of. <laughs> um, he's cleaned it all up. Um, he cleaned it up in case his dad got out and wanted to crash. Um, you know, Betty just kind of walking around. Jughead yeah. takes off his hat. And Betty says something, and he goes, that's why I love you, Betty. Oh, he says, I'm not giving up on your dad, ever. And he's like, that's why I love you, Betty. I love you, Betty Cooper. And then she she, uh, she turns around and goes, I love you, Jughead Jones. Aww. And they're all cute. Then they start being all kissy, and he's kind of like teary-eyed. It's adorable. And and then he just picks her up. he kind of picks her up a little bit. They're kissing, and he picks her up. It was like, oh, and then it turns into, whoa. It's that part's tame. But then we got to <laughs> That's the... what I mean. Okay. Guys, okay. we weren't prepared for how this was going to go down. I was not expecting any of this, and it's amazing. <laughs> okay. So then we cut to the Pembroke, and Veronica has brought Archie home. And he's like, what about your mom? And she's like... Uh, After she's mixing her reds, reds and, and white, she's off with Prince Valium. <laughs> she goes, just uh, come on in, but keep quiet. So they go to her room, and they shut the door, and they start making out, and taking off their clothes, and making it over to the bed. And then she says to him, we've had this date with each other from the very beginning, Archie Kid. She's, like, rubbing his... She's... she's His stomach? It, it's... It's uh, on! The CW fucking went there. It is on! 
Which, okay, I'm fine with all of this, but what I was not expecting is what we cut to next, which is Jughead and Betty are getting it on in the kitchen. They are making out. He has put her on the counter. He takes off her shirt. She takes off his shirt. It is fucking hot. So remember, I know, and remembering that they're dating, I was like, oh, that's why this scene works. Dang, y'all. I don't care. I didn't, I, it was hot. Very, very. Woo! It was good. And good I, I was just like, um, these kids know sex. They know sex very much so. They've watched a lot of TV. All four of them. So they're making out. They're getting a little hot and heavy. And then they hear a knock at the door. And Jughead goes, Is that your mom? And, and Betty goes, Who else would it be? I love them for doing that. But it's not a knock, it's a bang, bang, bang. Yep. So Jughead gets his shirt on. And which has been ripped off and he goes outside nobody's at the door immediately he turns to his left and there's a crowd of guys and it's the serpents and, and then there's a dog there and it runs up it's like hot dog he's family I was like yeah. and I'm pretty sure isn't that Jughead's dog in the comics I don't know I, don't I think know. I think there was a dog called hot dog and I think it was Jughead's I don't know um but the main serpent guy is just like um your dad had the opportunity to turn on us and he didn't. Um, so no matter what happens to you for however long he's gone, we're here for you if you want us. And he holds up a jacket and he goes, this is for you if you want it. And Jughead takes it and he's kind of actually like a little proud. It's a cut. It's a cut. And he puts it on and He's feeling pretty good at himself, and while this is happening, we can see Betty watching this through, and she goes, Juggy? And he forgot for a moment that she was there, and then he sees her, and he's kind of panicking a little bit. It's like, oh. He's torn. Yeah. It's like, oh, I could have this or that. Well. Can I have them both at the same time? And we don't know. No. Then we cut to Thornhill, which is burning down. And Cheryl is staring at the fire as Penelope is hitting her from behind. Just smacking at her, screaming. And Cheryl smiles because she's free. Man, we'll talk about that. No, I think I think that's what that fire is for her. Sort of. She's like, free, but to do what? And I think that's going to be the thing. That's that's going to be the the question for next season with her is what happens with Cheryl now? What's one? What happens to her family? But she is now free of all of that stuff because she doesn't care about her mom. But she's free of all of that nonsense. Everybody knows about this family business that's clearly going down the tubes. So she's free. That's what I feel. That's what I feel that smile is. Yeah. Then we cut back to the Pembroke, and then it's morning time, and we know for sure that Archie and Veronica have had sex. <laughs> uh, Archie is putting a shirt back on, and Veronica is wearing his dress shirt and her pearls. She's very much in control. Uh, and uh, he says, you know, I got a call from my dad. He wants to have breakfast at Pops, which is what we do when he wants to talk about something serious. Probably about me staying out all night. <laughs> they make some kissy faces, and then he leaves. And he shows up at Pops. Archie walks in. Fred goes, hey, Casanova. And Archie's doing that, I just got laid swagger dance. It's really He's cute. like, I'm going to go wash my hands, which is like, Ugh. Which Fred just kind of chuckles at. <laughs> and so as Archie is washing his hand, he overhears someone comes in. And they hear the ding from the door. And he's arguing. Some arguing. And then he goes out slowly. 
and there's a, a man standing on the counter um, with a mask on and a gun demanding the safe. Uh, Pops is saying, there ain't no safe, there ain't no safe. And Archie looks at Fred, who's sitting very, very stiffly in the booth and is shaking his head at Archie. Archie starts to move. Fred kind of lunges up. Um, the Fred stands up, and the, and, the, and the guy's walking towards him and yelling at him. You give me your wallet, give me your wallet. And Archie lunges, and then they cut to outside, and we hear a gunshot. And then Jughead narrates, imagine this instant, frozen in time. It's the exact moment that the last bit of uh, of Riverdale's innocence died and darkness won, marked by an act of violence that was anything but random. And we pan out and they're closing in on Archie's crying over Fred. Fred has been shot. In the gut. And Pops is on the phone. Um, Calling 911, I'm sure. Yeah. Riverdale. Fucking Riverdale. I, I was very impressed by this episode. Um, between the ice, the scene on the ice, which was very well done. Oh, so good. The, um, the sex and the almost sex, which was very hot. Dang. And Fred getting shot. I was, they, they pulled a Game of Thrones on me. Uh, Game of Thrones is known for how they typically have 10 episodes a season. Episode nine is their penultimate big showdown. Crazy shit happens. And then their episode 10, their finale is kind of a wrap up and a setup episode. And this show did the same thing. Their episode 12 was, this is who killed Jason Blossom, the thing we've been leading up to all season. And so then episode 13, their finale, has been, let's wrap that up, and then let's set up what we're doing next season. Yep. They did it very well. I was very impressed. This is probably one of their best episodes all season. I'd say that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Along with, I'm trying to think, there were were another couple of them that were just like, that was good. The birthday, episode 10, oh. The Long Weekend, that was a great episode. That was an amazing episode. Um, there was, what was the, it was the other Jughead episode that was also really good. All the Jughead episodes. Is uh, it the if, one where he's sleeping in the... Yeah. No, no it's not... It's, the first it's, one was the drive-in it's one. It's the drive-in episode. And then the one where we find out he's been sleeping at school. So those those have been their, their the Jughead was their best. The one with him and FP where we meet FP. Yeah. That one's... Great. Yeah. FP's awesome. I love FP. Um, yeah, this was a good episode. I'm really glad they went ahead and got to it with the sex with Archie and Veronica. I'm glad they went ahead and got that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? I don't know. They've, they've set up a lot. They have. And I'm okay with it. There's a lot to then soak in yeah so now now that we've we've watched the whole season there's no spoilers for us anymore nope. we uh i've i'm starting to build my theories for season two because you are a tv genius and i yeah i started writing them out the other day just because things that have started formulating um i'm we'll talk about that um we're doing as you heard our sting at the top of this episode we're going to do a season one wrap-up and a season two preview cast. So we want to go back and look at everything we liked, we hated, um, our favorite stuff from this season, and then we want to talk about our predictions for season two and any news that's come out over the summer. I've really tried to stay away from all of it. There are a few things that just kind of popped out. Like, I know who they cast as um, Hiram Lodge. I know about some people who've been promoted to series regulars, but I'll save that for the season two portion yeah. of our next episode. Uh, this particular episode is going up on September 29th. 
which is a Friday, and the following Tuesday, October 2nd, we will not have a new Riverdale episode because we are preparing for our review cast that's going up on October 6th. So I need your feedback. I need you guys to email us, send us a Facebook message, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Let us know. Who were your favorite people? What were your favorite things that happened? What did you hate? Who did you hate? And was there something that we did not catch or maybe we didn't pay enough attention to that you want to hear more of our thoughts on? And what do you guys think is going to happen in season two? Like, what do you want to happen? Or what do you think would be crazy? Um, give me your, you know, your crackpot tinfoil theories. Because that'll be fun. Yeah. And if you get um, if you get those to us by October 2nd, uh, we'll get them into our cast. So we're taking a break next Monday so that we can prepare for this bigger, longer episode as we get ready for season two. It's going to be a beast. It is. I think we're going to start drinking for that one. <laughs> Just because. Uh, I can guarantee you guys it's going to get loopy yeah. <laughs> way in there. Yeah, so we're doing our homework right now, and uh, yeah, I'm getting excited. I'm I'm really excited to start talking to you about uh, my theories. <laughs> I want I, I want to. It'll be interesting to hear all of our listeners' theories to see if they caught the same things I did, or if I'm just a loon. Well, I don't know. You've proved yourself to be a TV genius at this point, so I am wise. <laughs> I've been training for this. <laughs> All, all of all of all of the watching you've done has led up to this moment. It's true. I mean, I basically have friends memorized at this point. That's a lot of television. And you've seen plenty of of teen drama. I really have TV and television, or TV and movies. TV yeah. and television. TV and television. Those are different things. We're yeah, talking about. Of course. I feel okay. This sounds weird, but I feel like nine oh two one oh has been the best preparation for the show. <laughs> That's what this is. This is 90210 meets Twin Peaks. A little bit. That's that's where it's headed. There's a different... It's got a little bit of that glee quality, but I think that's more because that's the most recent, like, kid-focused or teenage-focused show that we've had on TV. Well, it doesn't hurt that the guy who created it was one of the main creative no, minds behind Glee. He was, he was one of their members. Ab- no, absolutely. That does make me nervous, but I like that Ryan Murphy has nothing to do with the show because then I would be more nervous. <laughs> I think I think it's it, it has a lot more to do with the style of it. There's some similarities, I think, between I think Glee's the, look and this show's n- look. No, the look is completely different. I think the writing is similar. There and the go. archetypes of the children are much... Are, they're very similar. They're very defined, which I like. And maybe the references? Uh, they're actually... They're much better. The references are way more Gossip Girl. Okay. Way, there's a lot... That's the other show that they're pulling from a lot. Um, and I know... Um, because it was one of the trivia, one of the episodes that the girl playing Veronica uh, has used the character of Blair from Gossip Girl as her inspiration, for Veronica, which makes total sense. Mm. It re- and that's that's a that's a fair, um, fair comparison. Well, there you have it. Yeah. So keep it hashtag Riverdale strong. Go Bulldogs. And we can't wait to see you again in the doghouse. Next time, super long preview cast. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome! Yay! Buckle up, everybody. Alright, good night.
That's it for this episode. Please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes. And for questions and comments, drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com.